faith-based experience on love. Bad. 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 Life-based experience on love. Welcome to the Pum Pum Chronicles. I am your host, Badass Jones, offering personal advice and life-based experience on love, sex, relationships, intimacy, with a little Jamaican flair. Welcome to the Pum Pum Chronicles. Um, I like this natural mode. So I totally suck with compliments. I, I totally suck with accepting compliments. It's one of those things in my big age that I haven't learned to do well. Um, and so instead of just saying thank you first, I kind of like make a, a weird joke and have a weird moment and then I'll say thank you. So bear with me. I'm still a work in progress. We, I love you as is, AJ. Don't worry about it. I appreciate that. Thanks. So we're going to get going. <laughs> greetings, no. greetings, greetings, and welcome, Pum Pum Posse. Bless up yourselves. This is the Pum Pum Chronicles podcast. I am your host, AJ Badass Jones. You can find me on my social media platforms, the Pum Pum Chronicles on Instagram and Twitter. You can also follow my personal page, badass underscore Jones underscore. If you want to get in contact with me, you can do so in one of two ways. You can either email me at the Pum Pum Chronicles at gmail.com, or you can hit the call in line, 320-270-1086. Leave a message, mute your mic. <laughs> Leave a message, um, you know, shoot a text. If you have any questions, any content suggestions, any concerns or anything thereof, please feel free to reach out to me. And of course, you can find the, the podcast on all platforms where podcasts can be found, including and not limited to uh, Apple, iTunes, Google and Spotify. Uh, so today we're doing an interesting discussion uh, titled Sex on Your Terms, and it is a Black men's panel discussion talking about sex um, in a more free, safe, spaced type way. Can you guys hear the dog barking? No? Okay, excellent. Um, so uh, today I have with me three dynamic gentlemen who are going to be part of this discussion. Uh, we have Sir, Sir Sugar. But for the purposes of this discussion, we're going to call him Slim. <laughs> and he is a sexual switch and lifestyle curator. Uh, Sir Sugar, Slim, welcome to the discussion. Can you let everyone know a little bit about who you are, what you do, and where they can find you? Uh, hello, everyone. Thank you for the invitation to this amazing podcast. I am Sir Sugar, Sugar Tongue Slim, if you're nasty. Uh, slim, for those who feel comfortable in that area, I'm a pansexual black male out of Houston, Texas. Uh, I am a service top in the BDSM lifestyle. I also switch, which means I top and bottom. I do demos, uh, and my basically my main goal and mission statement is to provide a Black masculine space for Black people to come and learn about BDSM in a safe, consensual way. So that's what I do. Uh, all my, I guess, my little... Uh, Your handles. Yeah, Thank how they can you. find you. Yes mouth uh was losing it uh <laughs> uh on instagram it's the underscore sir sugar so that's t-h-e-e underscore s-i-r-s-u-g-a uh and that's really about it my i'm sort of working on my other ones so far okay thank you very much and next we have erotic writer mr late shift welcome to the panel thank you for having me 
So can you just let everyone know just quickly about who you are, what it is that you do, how they can follow and support you and get in contact with you? For sure, for sure. Uh, yes, so I am Mr. Late Shift, uh, erotica writer and creator of Pleasure Pursuit of similar endeavors as well. Um, you can, uh, so basically I uh, write content um, in, uh, in, uh, in book form as well as, well, lately I've been doing uh, movies. So um, this is uh, something that we are working towards. Hopefully I'll work with uh, content creators like Black Touch and all that, but uh, we'll get <laughs> just crossing fingers on this one. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, you can find me on Instagram. Um, my handle is mr.lateshift, L-A-T-E-S-H-I-F-T. And um, yeah, looking forward to this discussion. Great. Awesome. And last but certainly not least, we have adult film star and content creator Omari the Rebel. What's good? <laughs> can you let everyone know a little bit about who you are, what it is that you do, and how they can get in contact with you? Well, my name is Omari the Rebel. Like I was saying earlier, I got this title, Sex Creative. Also, we have a podcast right here, Tribe Chat. You can also check that out on YouTube, anywhere you can consume your podcast. Myself, opposite my partner, Big Pink Pegasus. We host events. We have, as you know, our podcast and merchandise. And I do create other films. I'm actually just listening to what the last brother was talking about as far as writing for adult content creators. I know specifically what I would ask this year. Wait, what do you want to ask? Go ahead and ask. Now's the time. Say what you got to say. Oh, no, we're going to talk on Bob, man. Actually, I got a project, and I feel like that's a skill that I was thinking about um, that I need that would help. You know, some script writing for adult content, taking it to the next level. Okay. Having a talented writer would be dope. We're all about making the connections and, you know, bringing people together and all these good things. Let's get it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> okay, so let's Thanks get started. Thanks for having me, AJ. Oh, I, I appreciate the three of you being here. I know it took some work in kind of coordinating, but I'm definitely looking forward um, to the discussion and to the perspectives. Uh, so we're going to jump right in. Um, okay, so in this day and age of advanced technology and major open and a major open sexual society, do you see men being more willing to explore kink, bisexuality, openness, and so on? So within the context, um, it's two things. So a friend of mine has recently had a conversation with me that he has been part of male masturbation circles. And I had to do some research on it. And essentially what it is, is a group of like-minded men get together, they choose a particular piece of porn and within sitting in a circle or semi-circle, they're watching the porn and they're, they're masturbating in the same space, but not touching one another. Um, this is similar to something that happens primarily in Japan, well, not primarily in Japan, but I think started in Japan, the phenomenon of bukake, which essentially is a group of men get together. There's one woman who is the focus. They basically masturbate and they come all over her. So with that in mind, what are your thoughts on the progressions in society around male sexuality, openness, a willingness to explore kink, bisexuality and so on who wants to take first don't everyone rush at one time to be honest i mean uh, there's still this uh this perception that uh, uh men has to be 
uh, in a certain way. Uh, we uh, like right now we are in a transitional period. I, I would say, you know, people are starting to be more accepting and um, uh, of certain things. I remember when we were when we were kids, it was unacceptable to even talk about eating pussy, and. Um, it was uh, <laughs> let alone eat ass, you know what I'm saying? So, but <laughs> nowadays, I mean, shoot, it's like a requirement, right? If, if you don't, if you don't eat ass, it's like, what, what are you doing in this place? You know what I mean? Right. So, it's uh, we're in a transitional period where it's becoming acceptable, uh, basically, not to kink. Well, no, I would say it's not acceptable not to kink shame. I mean, people still do it, but we are moving forward towards it. So that's what I would say. What are your thoughts on male masturbation circles? Like for yourself personally, do you think that that's something that you would ever consider participating in? Or how would you feel if like your best friend or your closest friend or your brother said, hey, this is something I participated in? You know, when I think about it, it's, um, it, it's uh, it, well, for me, it's foreign. It's definitely foreign. I've never thought about uh, sharing a space like that. Although the idea of uh, being watched while having sex is is a turn on for me. But um, the male masturbation circle, I don't know about it. I don't know. It's uh, it's it's it, because it's never crossed my mind. I would not be able to say that I would be okay with it or I'd be against it or. It was someone close to you that disclosed to you that this was something that they engaged in. Would you be supportive of that, or would you be like, "I don't want to know"? And again, this is a safe space. Whatever yeah. your opinions are, your opinions will be respected. You know, just understand that everyone has differences of opinions. But just yeah, outside. For sure, for sure. I, I, I will say this. I it would definitely have to depend on the person because I do remember at one point, uh, like back in 2018, um, a friend of mine. Call like he sent me a text telling me, "Hey, he, I met a girl on Tinder, uh, but she wants to have a threesome." And I didn't think of anybody else. Me and him never engaged like that. But I said, "You know what? Sure, I'll uh, I'll help out." You know what I mean? Like I'll help out. <laughs> I'll help out. You're saying it like you're lending him twenty dollars. Like I'll help out. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. Like I was like, you know, I'll help out. I, 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 I'll, I'll join in. I was. Right. Um, I made some. I made some rules basically saying me and him we were not going to interact. Right. Um, you know what I mean? We'll have. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll do that. But otherwise, yeah, sure. Let, let's do it. It didn't go through, but you know what? I was willing to go out and help. So it would again. It would depend on the uh, on who asked me and. Uh, where my mind is at that point you right. know? but at least you were you were open to it whereas maybe let's say like five ten years ago if you had been asked that you'd be like oh, no no, no. Five, ten years ago i <laughs> eating ass would be a problem even so. you, yeah it was a different a different mindset right yeah. definitely okay. yeah. <laughs> um slim sir sugar same question to you your thoughts around um, men's willingness in this day and age as we are in 2022, let's say as opposed to maybe five, 10 years ago, is there more of a willingness for men to engage in activities that are more freeing, such as kink, bisexuality, and just sort of openness in terms of a male masturbation circle? What are your thoughts on that? Uh, yes, it's slowly growing, but there is uh, men are becoming more open and wanting to learn more about stuff, even if they may not say it uh, outright in front of everybody. Uh, sometimes when I do demos, 
you you'll see people and they'll look and they'll be like oh, okay and then afterwards they may not be as interactive in front of everybody but afterwards maybe when i'm packing up my stuff they'll come to me like hey what's the thing you did or oh, what's this piece right here so it's most definitely uh it, we're slowly get especially black men we're slowly becoming more open and to experiencing things and trying new kinky things out as far as the uh the circuit joke goes that's uh i'm pansexual so that's been going on for a while i think <laughs> that that whole thing has been happening behind closed doors for forever uh i guess maybe if the idea is it, it being more out in the open i don't know yes. how that really <laughs> i don't know how that really would work as as far as like well actually actually on twitter there are some certain groups out there who are just like male masturbation groups where like uh men in the LGBT community. So that's most definitely out there. There's uh, been like uh, little spaces on Twitter where it's just like men masturbating and moaning to each other. I've been in a couple of those. So it's it's out there and I guess it, it, I could say it's growing a bit more. So can I ask you, like just purely from a place of curiosity, um, within the male masturbation circle, is it is it knowing that you have someone who is like-minded is it just being in the presence of other people who feel and think the same way as you do like what is what is the overall I don't want to say intention because I know that that's not the right word but you know like when people come together for specific reasons because they've got common ground so I guess I just you know to sort of further my own knowledge and maybe for the curiosity of listeners what is the common ground behind getting together to because I personally just as a woman I think that's sexy as fuck and I would just want to watch I might even want to sit in the circle and be the recipient of you know whatever whatever the happy endings are I support this right right (laughs) As you know, as a man who's participated in in these circles, what is the common ground for them? Uh, well, I've, and I guess before I came into my pansexuality and I did that, it was more of like just, I, I guess in a, a camaraderie in a way, in like in a way, it's okay. <laughs> and so I guess in that way it was more like a camaraderie of like we're doing this together and like encouragement. And then later on in life, I was like, Hey, Oh, okay. I am pansexual. It became more of like, Oh, I'm actually attract, like being attracted to men, liking yes. the way here, liking to hear man's moans, liking the way a dick looks, or liking to hear, see men come stuff like that. So I guess every, I don't know how many separate splinter cell groups there are for that and what right. their reasons are, but I know I, the places and spaces I've been in are basically, uh, gay men, pan men, bi men, whatever. So I guess we enjoy each other and all that. So I guess for us or me, it would be the enjoyment of men and just like that sort of uh, aggressive sort of energy, mm-hmm. that primal energy like and, the, and the visuals, which are sexy to me. So Yes. Okay. Thank you. Mr. Omari, the rebel, same question to you. Um, do you feel like there are more advancements or openness in terms of men being able to explore their sexuality, whether it's kink, bisexuality, just sort of openness, as in something such as a masturbation circle? What are your thoughts on that? I feel like I remember mentioning the masturbation circle first to you. You know what I'm saying? One time on the IG, I remember I was talking about that one time before I went on um, Harder's Dog. Really? And Yes, a minute ago. Because no, I, talk- you know what you mentioned to me? Uh, Sir, it was um, sword, sword something. Something where two men had, it was a threesome. It was friendly and the fire. T- fe- yeah, friendly fire. That's what we had talked about. Okay. So like, nah, but um, now when it comes down to it, listen, man, um, being a sex positive individual, you know, I'm, uh, I guess an influencer. I try not to go and uh, 
<clears throat> I try not to occupate that educated uh, role. You know, I'm an entertainer and such. But listen, I just am in spaces where there is a lot, lot much more sex progression. So when it comes to stuff like that, you know what I mean? It all comes down to whether it's your kink or not. Everybody who's doing anything safely and consensual, like I'm real liberal with that. If it's safe and it's consensual, do it. It's just me like, hmm, I probably might not be up on that one you know what i'm saying like yo if a good if, if you want to stand in a pool full of mayonnaise and jerk off and do that shit i think mayonnaise is disgusting but go it ahead. could be kind of sexy still i mean it's not on the skin you never know right you, I'm just saying. Mayonnaise? I, you know i'm just saying you know there are weirder <laughs> things <laughs> yeah now nah, but as far as what we're talking about right about now um you know, it's just uh, progression. It sounds like that, yeah. But like, I mean, I don't want to get too deep because it's like, on one hand, I would say yeah. You know, a combination of social media and how celebrities act and such. So, like, you know what I'm saying? And the conversations around sex, yeah. But at the same time, where we have to be right now in this country for the Supreme Court ruling. You know what I'm saying? Makes me wonder, like, just something as simple as just basic, you know, women's right to choose and shit is just rolled back. So it's like, it, it makes me feel like, I don't know, like, where we are as a society. You know what I'm saying? Okay, but have you noticed a shift at all, let's say, with Black men and their openness to kink? Like, especially for the, the community and the circles that you frequent, you know, just in terms of being an adult entertainer and, and creating adult content, have you noticed at all that, like, I, I almost feel in a weird kind of way that Black women are kind of like, we're more open to whatever, like, we kind of like everything and like everybody. Whereas I feel like Black men have taken a little bit more time to be accepting of kink and other people's kinks, be accepting <laughs> of, you know what I mean? I think it's like Mr. Late Shift had said, you know, at one point in time, like, it was, if you ate pussy, something was really wrong. Now that's like kissing. It's just par for the course, you know what I mean? If you if you don't eat ass, like a woman would be like, or a man may be like, so... You want me to settle down with you and you don't do nothing as opposed to, you know, being with someone. So just on in that vein, have you noticed yourself that there's been a shift in the openness of Black men to particular types of kink or particular, particular types of sexual engagement? AJ, that's another thing. Because I'm in, like, yo, I got to get out into the vanilla world more, yo. Because, like, yo, I'm in a group. <laughs> nah, because, listen, because, you see, every uh, a lot of the people, you know, like I said, we have events and stuff like that. A lot of right. the people around me and people in my phone and stuff like that, like, the average person, it's just, like, just doesn't think it's weird for us to have an orgy. You know what I mean? That I talk right. to. So it's, like, I'm, I am I got to get out of the, these people. But like, oh, shit, yeah, like, fucking somebody else's partner. Oh, yeah, people think that's weird. I forgot. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, so, uh, I think that, yes, it is a bit of progress and you're dead on. Tahoe literally said that when he came on my show, he literally used the words. He said, black men, older black men, they don't really explore. You know what I'm saying? He right. said that. And I actually tell you the truth. I agree. I think, um... Somebody should read it. Like, yo, is there, like, some type of article about that? You know what I mean? Has anybody studied that? I think that, like, no, nah, because this is really a thing. But we're getting there. You know what I'm saying? As long as we just can keep some of the loud, um, regressive voices at bay. 
You know what I'm saying? That's want to try to drag us back, you right. know, into all type of sex negative nonsense about, you know, sexual purity and all types of things that, like, you know what I mean? It seems like those voices are getting countered a lot more with the men. Men nowadays, like, you know what I mean, Tahoe and, and um, other brothers and such, they're being loud about their sex positivity and their willingness <laughs> to be open and experience kink. Which helps. Like the other um, gentlemen you have on these shows, too. Uh, Mr. Lateshift, I wanted to ask you, because we're kind of from the same, not kind of, we're from the same city. And I know that sometimes Toronto is a little bit slow. Very So slow. for you, because I know what my experiences have been here and people are not open to anything. Like we, I don't even know that we have like a BIPOC community for kink and events and stuff like that. Because we have um, like BDSM and kink events, for example and other types of events, but it's primarily like white people that go, not really too many black people. I feel like we're just starting to maybe come out of the shell now, but for you, what has been your experience with that? Have you noticed that there's been a shift in the city? Not necessarily, no, not really. Uh, And I have been, mind you, I've been looking. Uh, Right now, I know that if I want to experience something like that, I would have to travel south to to the US. Uh, As far as what Toronto is offering, um, if um, if there's even the slight, uh, <laughs> um, especially within the black community, like the, a slight uh, desire or even like mention of something that is uh, outside of the sexual norm, uh, it's um, it, it's a problem. I mean, yes. uh, <laughs> like toys being bringing toys into the bedroom is viewed as. Um, Oh, I, like you know, like your sexuality is is being questioned at this point because you're bringing toys in the bedroom. Like, oh, your thing not working. Like, no. Yeah, like, like you don't have enough to give me. Like you have to bring apparatus. What's going on? Exactly. Yeah. Like I mean, or and it, it, I remember this one time they even had a, a whole discussion about um, a man being pegged by his wife, and it said, "I'm not his gay." I, actually, not even that. A man engaging in anal sex with his wife. Yes. because he engaged in anal sex but it's just like he's having sex with a woman that's gay, gay sex is two men having sex together that's what it is I try to explain that to a lot of people but they're like nah 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 man he likes to go in he likes to go in a, in a booty hole and everything so you know he's gay and I'm like <laughs> it's not <laughs> it's, it's the level of ignorance exactly because I said <laughs> go ahead. a man can suck your dick just like a woman can. So why isn't that like you know what I mean? Women have mouths and men have mouths. What's the difference? I said that. I said that. No lie. I said that. Even even the kissing. I mean, like kissing is like you know you kissing everybody. I mean, come on. Everybody's got mouths. I think that I I almost feel like those those notions are. I mean, and that's a discussion we can have as as things go on. But I almost feel like those notions are very are very tied to religious beliefs and the way that our society was set up and and what people were told was acceptable versus what's not acceptable. I feel like some of it is tied to people's shame, and so you know, in order to make it um, something that I don't have to suffer embarrassment by myself about let me make it a global thing or like a community-wide thing where if anybody does that then it's wrong and then you know we can all suffer in silence kind of thing but it's kind of crazy like what a man and i've said this for years what a man and a woman do behind closed doors regardless of what that activity is it's a heterosexual activity 
it, it doesn't make a difference what it is. It is a heterosexual activity. Uh, Omari, you had a question? No, also, I want to talk about this. This is something I forgot to mention. You know, coming from, like, like you know, we host swing events and stuff like this, but also on the adult film side, it's like, when you think about it, the biggest adult film star, one of the biggest adult film stars that we have in the black community is King Noah. And yes. King Noah is openly pansexual. Yes. So, like, that's like a step to us. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. To be able to, he is in a very loving relationship with a beautiful woman and has an abundance of beautiful people who perform with him, but they aren't all limited cis gender women and it's not a problem for him. You know what I mean? Now, of course, like, you know, we, we, when we think about the reality, it's like, yo, we're not all, like, you know what I mean? So there are different things that, you know, would influence what type of privilege people have to be open about certain things because like people are, are, are of course in different situations and stature how you how you look and things like that also influences that but i feel like that brother being a symbol for that definitely helps so a question specifically to slim mr sugar uh so being a, ba- a pansexual black male when do you disclose your sexuality sex and sexual openness to your partner and or partners uh, once the conversation of sex gets started, so I usually once we go down that road of what you like, what you don't like, what you're interested in, what your fantasies are, then it's sort of like, hey, this is the whole spiel of who I am. This is what I do. I'm pansexual. I'm also in BDSM. I also like did 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 did. So just in case you don't, you're not a pansexual man. Fine. I don't. I'm not one of those people who need to have the whole. Oh, you hate did it. You don't got to be into me. That's perfectly fine. Next. Right. If you don't like BDSM or depending on what energy we have, that may or may not be okay. Um, yes. If I'm in a beat a bitch mood and you don't want to be beat, then cool, you pass. Next person comes up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so it's once once the talk of sex comes about, it's usually like, hey, okay, here it is. I'm I'm a pansexual male, just in case. Right. And then everything else goes. So can I ask you for the purpose of this discussion, because I, I, I'm pretty sure that we all know, but for the purpose of this discussion, can you tell me what being pansexual is by definition and then what pansexual means to you uh, well, on a personal level? The, let me look at the actual definition because I just use uh, a general. Okay, well, give me, give me a general of what the, you don't have to give my, me the exact. My general uh, definition of like pansexual is I'm attract, I have the capability to be attracted to anyone. Okay, and that includes uh, trans, trans, bisexual, other pansexual individuals, yes. males or females, heterosexual. Yes, the sexuality okay. wouldn't matter. It's just if, we're, if I'm attracted to you, I'm attracted to you. Okay. Yeah. And then being pansexual has that made has that made dating more challenging uh, or it, less less challenging? More challenging in a way because really? I think that when you're when you're for when I before I didn't have to be 34 going on 35 I didn't really come into being pansexual so I was like 30 okay so my before that I was just identified as a cis hetero male I didn't really have any there was no I, there's a story of a lot of people in the LGBT community having that struggle of like who am I I never really had that struggle I hit 30 and was like well, let me try to see I've been closed minded let me actually just check 
some shit out. Let me see if I'm interested in some shit. If I'm not cool, I just sort of hit a point of like, I want to discover and explore. And right. when I did, I was like, oh, okay. And I guess for me, it was like, all right, well, this is who I am. But before that, just being identified as a straight male, it was like, I just assumed, all right, I'm a straight male. You have no problem with that. That's sort of a standard. I never really heard anybody be like, I don't like you because you're straight. Right. So that was just sort of the standard. But then you go, I'm also interested. I'm a pansexual, so I could, there's a possibility. And then that goes, well, um, if you want men to, I don't want you because I don't, then the whole thing, you might cheat on me with a man. That that whole rigmarole comes about. And it's like, oh, okay, well, good to know. Thanks. Really? And, yeah, unfortunately, yes. <laughs> Or I don't want to deal with a man who touches men, or like just that whole. Right. So it the as much as men can be sort of uh, have the phobia, so can women. <laughs> very very true. Yeah, I, I um, I, you know what? It's really not weird, but in thinking about that, I almost feel like in what you're saying, the backlash from women probably would be far worse than the backlash from men uh i think as well are you asking me as a man dealing with men and women yes because i feel like a woman would be like ew no that you know what i mean like exactly what you said whereas a man might be like nah bro i'm good like you know what i mean like that's not for me yeah i think as a i don't it's a i'm pansexual but i large like i like i like feminine energy so even the men i deal with are more feminine like i don't like masculine energy i always say i can work with i'm gonna build with masculine energy or fight them only two options i got Either we're gonna work together or I'm gonna fight you. <laughs> okay. With like femininity, I have the that, that feminine energy makes me want to do for you and provide right. and like take it. So that's more of an attraction there. But yeah, I don't yeah, it's never been I've never actually I think it's probably the interaction with the men doesn't even really get there. Cause it's sort of like once they if they are phobic, it's sort of like it's a it's always an underlying with men, it's always an underlying like feeling of like violence already there right so it's like once you say so it's like all right i'm just i, I got it that's don't we ain't even got to go there my guy like <laughs> right so with women it's a with women it's a bit more heartbreaking with men it's a bit more caution for violence okay that makes sense that- okay thank you slim for your um response mr mr late shift um yeah. your thoughts on that um, you know what? I, that reminds me of uh, this whole. Yeah, I remember Insecure when Molly was dating this guy, and he shared his experience about uh, having had a, a man go down on him once, and you know he said, "No, nah, that's not for me." He had explored basically on his own in his own way, and she said, "Nah, I can't. I can't deal with that." And I remember at the time I had a podcast that. Uh, where we had hosted uh, and um, invited these two young ladies to come in and speak. And um, (laughs) the funny thing is we asked them, oh, would you deal with a man who has had a sexual experience with another man in the past? And it was all no all around. But before that, we asked them, they, they were all for men having to explore for themselves, you know? But the idea of dealing with a man who explored or uh, had a um, something that would be deemed a, uh, a gay experience in, in his past was basically viewed as as a no-no because now at this point there's a there's a fear that you know what he could go and cheat on me but not just with women now he can go and cheat on me with anybody 
Right. You know, so it's uh, it's very uh, well. People operating from fear. That's 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 what I'm looking at it as. People are definitely. So, so let me ask each of you. Why is it, or in in your opinion, why do you think that women are afforded more of an opportunity to explore their sexuality without judgment than men? Because you'll hear things like. Oh, I messed around with this girl in college. Oh, that's hot. Or I kissed a girl. Oh, that's hot. But if a man says, you know, like if you hear a woman, I had a drunken night and I ended up making out with my best friend. If you hear a man say, I had a drunken night and I ended up making out with my best friend, it's a problem. In your opinion, why do you think it is that women have been afforded more in terms of their sexual exploration than men? Don't everybody answer at once. <laughs> no, nah, I was getting ready to say, man, I was drinking a red stripe. But um, listen, one of the things that has to do with in society, we like to sexualize women more than men. So what we want to do is look at women more as sex objects than we do men. So you having much uh, more flexibility may translate to more opportunities and more sexual experimentation for me. Now, a man being open with his sexuality doesn't translate to anything with me that I don't know because we're not looking at the man as the conquest. You know what I'm saying? So we know that we view this sexuality through this world-limited lens. Not like we really want you, AJ, to be free. I just, we want access to your pussy. We don't, like, necessarily, we don't really care about you being able to be free. We just, we want what's going to give us more pleasure and what's kind of getting close to what our fantasies look like. Right. I think that if I may, the, the, the question was, why do women feel that it's okay for women to be with women, but not a man to be with man? So as a man, of course, like we, people, there's that. People on a whole, why do you, oh, people on uh, a whole, yeah. Why is it more acceptable for a woman to be with a woman? and explore her sexuality versus a man being with a man. And because in some cases it may just be like, you know, there was an experience. I tried sucking dick. I let him suck mine. It was, you know, it was what it was, but it wasn't for me automatically. Like that's, you you've been with a guy. Like, I don't want to, you know what I mean? As opposed to, you know, I, I ate some pussy and I let a woman eat mine and they're like, Oh, that's hot. You ever want to do it? Do you know? So in, in that regard, so I, to do with that. hold on, let, let Slim finish his answer. So in that, in that context, why is it more acceptable for women to have sexual exploration and those types of experiences more so than men? Your your opinion on that? Uh, I think because men will go with what women want. So if it's women be with women, that's hot. That's oh, that's ooh, that gets me that gets me hot and bothered. And women like it. That's that's two positives. Right. But if but if I want to be with a woman and she's like, oh, nigga, that's mm, I don't like that. Then it's like, oh well, do how badly do I want to? How badly do I want to have sex with women? Like, so now it's like, also based on as men, what you're taught, the patriarchy, yada, yada. But also, if I want to have sex with women, and then what, what are the best chances of me getting in and doing this? Right. If I know that the, if I do this, 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 it'll, it'll maybe that'll take away some possibility of me having sex with them. I'll do away with that altogether. No, nah, I'm, I'm, I don't like that. Mm -mm -mm. I'm going I'm to go with whatever she says that makes me more popular and gives me more possibilities of having sex with. Okay. And for women, I, I guess if that's it. That's it's a really, really weird thing with women because it's like, you, like women, for me, women have taught me a lot. They've helped me open up and explore. So I'm like, 
but y'all the ones who taught me to explore. Now you're telling me that I explore. You don't like me explore. Like that's a like it's a double standard. <laughs> yeah, I'm like now nah, I'm confused a little bit. But it, there are double standards in this world, unfortunately. True, very very true. Mr. Lateshift, what are your thoughts on that? Why do you think that in the society that women are afforded more of an opportunity with their sexual sexual exploration than men are? Um. Well, one, I think women are viewed as sexual tools. Uh, that's uh, that's the number one thing. Women are not, were never really seen as human beings at first. They were always viewed as sexual tools. And men are supposed to be men. So basically penetrating is the... Actually, you know what? There's a funny thing. There's this um, comedian, Michael Che. And uh, in his set, he says... No, I don't, uh, I want my daughters to be lesbians and I don't want my sons to be gay because I don't want any of my children to be penetrated, is what he's saying, right? And so- Hold on, hold on. He wants his daughters to be lesbians. Yeah. So they don't get penetrated. Yeah. But he doesn't want his sons to be gay because he doesn't want them to be penetrated. Exactly. Well, then who are his sons penetrating if they're not, I don't get it. I No, I get, I get it, but like- <laughs> Really, it's, it's, yeah, exactly, exactly. A part of his set, right? But the idea is this: like, basically, as a man, and also, I always hear this stupid analogy where men are the key, women are are, are the, um, the 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 lock or whatever, right? And so, you cannot let any key just come inside your lock type of thing or open a door or whatever. It's it's the idea is this: one, there's control. Right, there's control uh, over women's bodies, over women's uh, pleasure as well. Uh, and two, men are not meant to be; uh, they, they're meant to be seen as as men. They're meant to be seen as this idea of a man, where that that has been created over time, since uh, <laughs> since uh, since so long. Right, a man is supposed to be strong, supposed to be doing all of this, all of that. A man cannot be taking any type of dick, whether it be a dildo or from another man. Uh, at any point, he cannot be exploring his sexuality or anything. He's supposed to provide women with the experience and all. So, yeah, it's a, it's it's basically old form. Um, I guess you, well, not old form, but it's just it's just basically what history has been has been teaching us over time. That's what it's been. And now we have this sort of a sexual revolution, I guess you would say, where, yeah, people are like, you know, people are discovering their their, their, their orientations. People are exploring that. People are expressing it outwardly and, and freely in front of other people. Meanwhile, it's not, <laughs> I mean, some people still want to stay in, back in, in history where it was not acceptable to actually speak on, oh, you know what, uh, she hooked up with this other woman or this guy hooked up with this other guy. No, 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 no. Nowadays, it's, uh, people, people want to get back to that, but yeah, that's what it is. That's what I think. You're muted. You are muted. <laughs> oh, no, nah, I'm supposed to go. Now, listen, I think you covered it, man. Like I said, man, you did um, reiterate some things I said that I really want to agree with that. This is really essentially about um, the intersection of misogyny and homophobia where we have to limit the way we look at sex as a whole 
as something that like happens to a woman and like I was getting into before I think threesomes have a lot to do with this this mm -hmm. idea is supposed to bring me more proximity to what's my goal conquering more women because it's like yo we have to conquer them they're not things like they're things like you know what I'm saying that elevate our status women <laughs> you know what I'm saying so um uh, I'll probably conquer more she will bring me more women to conquer and such like that that's why this is that you know what i'm saying so um you don't want to open up the opportunity for you as a man for there to be manhood or masculinity to be like for example uh submissiveness and things like that because like yo two men there may be a situation where like some men is like yo i like being a bottom or i like we don't want to even acknowledge that component of manhood and masculinity to challenge this status quo because we gotta be macho mm -hmm. um so for each of you have you had difficulty finding your community um meaning finding a community of people who are like-minded a community of people who share your perspective a community of people who share your level of understanding a community of people who are open to sexual exploration what has been the challenge for each of you with that toronto <laughs> <laughs> so for those of you who didn't hear the challenge is toronto, toronto. period Full stop, exclamation mark. <laughs> no, I, to, honestly, it's just uh, back in 2018, I um, started sharing uh, my erotica. Uh, and uh, I did it using uh, GIFs or GIFs. I don't, I don't know how you pronounce it, GIFs or GIFs, whichever. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, uh, what's, uh, what, what, what I did is I was sharing that with the erotica so people were able to see the images as well as they were able to see, hear, read the words. Um, what ended up happening is I created a bit of a, a small group called the Late Shift that I called it. Nice. And um, with that, I mean, it was sort of like, you know, like-minded individuals. We had conversations. It was very cathartic, I found. I found. Um <clears throat> but you know uh, it was not uh, it was still not it i would say for me i somehow i want to find a, my my community i'm still looking for my community i would say you know yeah you might you might have to be the one that built it here cuz hey toronto uh, yeah toronto's <laughs> a very interesting place um we are so very conservative and so very polite that even the basic things about like talking about pleasure it's 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 not even a taboo it's considered an impolite conversation i would almost prefer that it was taboo so that people have something to go but people will legitimately just not talk about it because it's not polite conversation which is insane but so uh slim sir sugar what has what has been your challenges have you had challenges in finding your community you're in texas uh, yeah, I mean, Houston, Texas. So uh, okay. I guess before I fully started participating in BDSM, I did take some time to do some research. So I found out about things going on in uh, in different states and other areas. So I think in Houston, we're slow. Like it's a, the community is a bit smaller. So at times it can be uh, kink-wise, it can be a bit uh, hard to find events. But I think 
me and a couple of other people, we're trying to expand that for ourselves so that we can be the people who sort of make the events. Uh, shout out to Madam Carmen, who has her uh, kinknick parties uh, yearly. Nice. <laughs> yeah, so that in that way, yeah, for that. And then just the, I think the, I'm, I think I'm in a very weird spot. Uh, <laughs> pansexual wise, I think a lot of people who have the story of like being in the LGBT community, period. Yes. Sort of like once they found it, they sort of ran to it and were like, yay, and ooh, my people. I am sort of in like a weird limbo balance of like, I guess, a very large part of my life. I've sort of lived as like straight, uh, my identity was a straight man. Mm-hmm. So even though that I'm pansexual, I'm still that, the sort of like running to the LGBT community, like, yay, my people. I don't really, I'm in a yeah, weird limbo there. where I almost yes. don't have, I almost don't have people. Because <laughs> uh. now that I'm pansexual, it's like, oh, these people that I thought, were cool when they knew I was straight doing to deal with me and now mm-hmm. the LGBT people I'm like I don't know like learning about that yes like there's sections and subsections and sections of subs and I'm like where the fuck exactly do I belong in any of this like I'm pansexual but like where am I going where do you fit what is there to do yeah so I'm just in sort of a <laughs> weird middle ground limbo of like I have friends on each side and I just need to find like a safe space but for the yes. majority most of my friends are women who are uh, part of the LGBT community so I just chill and hang out with them do BDSM stuff and have fun so I guess I'm in the middle now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And Amari, have you had any challenges? Like, I know that you're entrenched in the communities, but before you got there, did you have difficulty finding your people, finding your tribe? Well, um, yeah, I mean, it was a little bit of a journey because I didn't necessarily know I wanted to be all of what I am now. You know what I'm saying? And hearing the stories, it seems like, yo, one it just seems like it's so clear why you picked us specifically just based off location for this conversation because it's like so different i first of all like i say everybody said where they're from i'm on new york you know what i'm saying in like um brooklyn you know what i'm saying so of course yes um obviously yes i'm in the most progressive liberal city for this of course yes. we have sex clubs and all of that you know what i'm saying um Yes, and you don't have to also, brag for the rest no, of us. No, I'm not. I'm just saying. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I just feel bad because, like, I know that I'm in a very privileged position. You know, when you ask this, that, like, not only do it's like that, I have my own. I have my own chat. You right. know what I'm saying? For um, black people specifically who are trying to explore their sexuality, and we're connected with other. You know what I'm saying? And stuff like this, because, like, I just happen to be like a, a large. Uh, person in this type of space so it just makes it easier for me to find because i'm really visible people see my face they know who omari is so it's easier for me to reach people because i'm so visible you know what i'm saying so um but like uh the challenge for me if it is like to um, raise the conversation since i'm having this space and i'm helping cultivating the spaces the help the challenges for me would be the keeping the spaces safe you know what i'm saying and the people who are in there helping them along in their journey and such like that you know what i'm saying and like when i'm doing that i try to let everybody understand this is why i said that about the sex educated thing i'm still learning too Right. You know what I'm saying? That's uh, a challenge. Is that I'm, I'm, even though I'm here, I'm still learning too. I don't know everything. You know what I mean? I am a cis hetero guy, so there is a lot of privilege in that. You know what I'm saying? I get to navigate more freely without having to worry about certain judgment. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's easier for me to be visible. You know what I'm saying? So 
like I, like I said, I'm in um kind of a cool space, but like with me, because it's like this, it's like I have like responsibility because I'm so visible and such. So in 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 that sort of following that, uh, a listener had submitted a question specifically for you. Does the type of work that you do in being a sexual content creator, but a, like a, a like an adult content creator as well, has that impacted your personal life in more of a positive way or more of a negative way? And have you experienced any difficulties once people become aware of what your lifestyle choices are? So I guess in context, not just now that you're in the community, but before you became part of this community, when you had made the choice to be an adult entertainer and an adult content creator, did that have a negative or positive impact on your life? And once people found out what it is that you did for a living and who you are, did that impact you in any sort of way as well? I mean, well, like for the large part, like, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like I, because I'm privileged to be as visible, I lean hard into it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, you know, like if y'all know me, I don't give a fuck. Like, you know, so like, you know what I mean? You can see my dick all on my, all on my Twitter. I don't give a shit. Like I yes, talk about we what have. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, just saying. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I, I talk about, I, I talk to you. So like I open up my Twitter and like, all of your penis is just right there. Like, good morning, Amari. Like, <laughs> <laughs> my bad, you know what I'm saying? We're working a bit. But you know what I'm saying? But, um, like, um, largely what it is is that, like, part of what I am on the Amari the Rebel persona is that I lean so hard on my visibility and I lean so hard, like, as the rebel into that, that you know what I'm saying? I, and I do that partly because there's a lot of people who couldn't, that in mm-hmm. a way, it most of the times, like, it usually benefits me because people also find a little bit of inspiration in the fact that like I can do this so boldly and stuff like that and um people like I am so unapologetic I don't leave a lot of space for it to be like to find out you know what I'm saying you know what I mean if you know me like even how I talk and stuff like this it's like I'm obsessed with the whole shit of this being so absurd so I'm like yo like yo the sexual space it's like the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm like Loki. I'm, <laughs> okay. All right. Because I'm burdened with glorious purpose. Oh, you're burdened with but glorious ser- purpose. No, like but seriously, it. but like this, um, like um, I'm mostly, um, it's, it's mostly uh, easy for me to do this because I'm really unapologetic and I lean really hard into the visibility. So mostly I don't never have anybody to figure me out. And it helps because I also try to master some of the things that it takes to be what it is. And they end up talking to me about how they can get on when it comes to maybe hosting events or doing content and things like that as well. Do you, uh, do you date? I'm I'm getting in your personal business now. Do you date? Well, yo, it's like I'm doing an open relationship thing. You know what I'm saying? It's funny you say that, you know what I mean? Because the person who started this, uh, podcast and such her birthday was yesterday that's who i was in a relationship with you know what i mean and um we was going through a few things but even still like yeah i always talk to people i always like you know have partners you know what i mean yeah so what you do for a living did that impact your relationship with her without getting into your personal business i guess what i'm trying to determine is like i know for me being a sexual content creator 
it's it changes the dynamic of my relationships not necessarily with people who've known me for a long time but in the dating world so when someone asks me what i do and i say i'm an adult content creator then every conversation becomes about that every conversation now becomes about what does my mm-hmm. tongue do what does my pum pum do what kind, you know what i mean like it, everything is about like i'm no longer a normal person like i no longer like movies or going out to eat everything that is about me so for you being a sexual content creator did that impact that relationship well it's like i'm a man so like the conversations of course are a little bit different because you know how you're more stigmatized to have to perform certain types of virtue and things right. that you do will challenge that virtue that's when it comes oh so i got a freak i gotta get go ahead like this but um so um i just was fortunate to where we were talking about if it's talking about her in a situation where we were getting to know each other and then that came on, you know what I'm saying? Right. She got to know me from a really important skill as being a real corporate and sales leader is where she got to understand me first. And I brought no skills into this organization. Then, you know, um, we were growing to the sexual journey. But one thing that was key, it's like, because I'm dealing with somebody specifically that has a knack and a passion for production, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I love the camera and stuff like that. Right. It's like, she's like, yo, I'll shoot it. And I'm going to shoot it nice and stuff like this. So your point is going to be dope. So, like, that's kind of the relationship that, that we had and stuff like this, so, which also kind of helps. You know what I mean? Okay. Uh, a question that was specifically submitted for Mr. Late Shift. Um, has more recent exposure to sex and sexuality through social media impact the way you've create, huh, impacted the way that you create your content? I wouldn't say, I mean, I think I, I get inspiration from from any and everything, to be honest. Um, recently, I wrote a piece. Um, it was my first time writing a piece like that uh, about uh, um, a woman's uh, first lesbian experience. And um, shockingly enough, it resonated and people were able to actually connect to it. Um, it's... Uh, it, 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 I would say not so much social media, maybe maybe uh, media in general, I would say, uh, looking into uh, uh, certain movies, certain, certain things of the sort. I see certain experiences or even listening to uh, interviews and podcasts such as this one, I'm hearing about uh, people's experiences and then I just you know, be, get inspired to, uh, to create at that point in time. Um, Social media in itself, it's it's it, it, it's more like comedy. I find uh, it's uh, <laughs> it's nothing. Uh, I don't I don't find it. I, I don't find much of social media serious. To be honest, it, it, a lot of time it's just uh, comedy. And if I end up creating at that point, it's just it's just for the funny stuff. Has, has, your, has your writing changed over the years through? Um, outward influence or is that something more of just a natural progression for yourself as you grew older and had personal experience? Does that make sense what I'm asking? Um, so um, let me let me see if I can repeat the question in okay. the way that I understood it. <laughs> so you're asking me if my writing has changed um, through the exposure that I have to uh, um, I'm guessing um, what's so coming outward, I don't know why it keeps doing that. So outward influences. So 
let's let's take your writing five years ago versus mm -hmm. what it is today. Mm -hmm. The way in which you write or your writing style, was it more impacted by outward influence or more personal experiences? Personal. Okay. Was definitely right. More personal experiences. Uh, yeah, it's always been more personal experiences and um, where I want to, if I want to, uh, evolve and go to actually I also if I can say um, if there was a uh, outward experience that that did uh, impact my writing I remember watching the uh, listening to the Black Widow podcast and um, for the first it was the very first of its kind uh, erotica scripted podcast that I was listening to and I said you know what the late shift needs to be there Nice. I need to have the late shift and bring it to Canada. Be the first <laughs> uh, erotic scripted podcast in Canada. So, yeah. Okay. Once, where was it by uh, influence? Does your family or your close friends know that you create erotic content? And has there has there been any sort of difficult conversations around the choice to create erotic content? Funny enough, <clears throat> funny enough, um, a few years back, I had shared my, my content on my LinkedIn. And I had an uncle who basically lost his shit and just started calling parents, calling meetings, saying, no, we have to talk to Robert. Well, yeah, that's my name. But anyways, <laughs> uh, we have to talk to him or whatever. But you know what? That, that that was whatever. But this year, actually, I should say 2021, I started um, through LA Weight. Yes, uh, please. Yes. Uh, you interviewed him on site. Uh, LA Weight, uh, she had a, uh, she wanted to open up uh, this, um, this um, uh, late night, late shift um, erotica write, uh, uh, reading. And so my writing would be read by various people within the city and they would just, um, and she would use that as sort of a way to put her to sleep. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was shared on uh, Instagram. And my brother-in-law for the first time got to hear about it my sister <laughs> got to hear about it as well but my sister she she would not listen to it my brother-in-law listened to it once and then said you know what you got your wow but i'm like yeah this is uh you entered the late shift this is what happens um question for slim sir sugar um another question that was submitted what was the sexual progression for you to the level of comfort that you are at now in respect to being pansexual uh, and, and openly in the kink lifestyle? Uh, I think uh, the openness for me sort of actually came within the kink lifestyle. Once I got into BDSM and found my mentor and then he sort of surrounded me with people he knew and just that whole environment of just being safe, sane, and consensual and not kink shaming and just being open to everybody, be accepting provided a space for me to be like, okay, here's who I am. I now have a space to talk to people who share different thoughts and ideas and sort of bounce it off them and then try things out, see if I like this, I don't like this. Uh, as far as being pansexual goes, being around people who are bisexual, trans, men and women, uh, the, that it's an open space. Like, okay, yeah, well, we're all part of this. Nobody's judging nobody. Let's just do our thing, be safe, consensual with it, have conversations, 
and then trash it out and have fun. So that at BDSM and kink spaces most definitely helped me expand on kink and learning and uh, also helped me expand and expand and explore my sexuality a bit more. So shout out to BDSM. <laughs> <laughs> what was what was the aha moment for you where you n- knew or decided that you wanted to even explore BDSM? Because I feel like everyone has an aha moment, like especially when it comes to fetishes. So when I've spoken with people who have foot fetishes, I'm like, like, how did you know and it usually starts with the story like, right, I remember when I was such an age yeah. that this happened. So for you, what was your aha moment that you said, you know what, I think I would like to see what this world is about? Uh, just, I guess, for me, when I finally found, well, I guess I got lucky because I found my mentor the first time I even went out. So like, I sort of made it a choice to be like, okay, I was going to some lunches, which are basically vanilla gatherings for kiki people to talk mm-hmm. and meet each other. But it, it, in Texas, it was largely, in Houston, it was largely white people. Which was okay until I had a white woman come up to me and lick my face. And I was like, oh, yeah. So there was just like a munch of like, hey, here's what our group is, yada, yada. And everybody was cool and nice. And I introduced myself. And then this white woman came up to me. I was like, hey, how are you? She was like, hi, I'm da-da-da-da. And literally walked up to me, licked my face. and like, you're mine now. And I was like, I'm sorry. What? And I didn't. I was just, I was thrown off. I was like, I'm... All I right, well, like, I'm like, I gotta leave now. So, you know, yeah, thanks for so that. That, that, that was just, I was like, mm, okay, that's that sort of, I was like, I already need to, there aren't a lot of black people around now. But then that made me like, okay, I'm going to dedicate myself to finding black people. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, exactly. that's when I, I wind up finding uh, a guy named Pluma Mental Black Spank Daddy. He was hosting um, uh, a Wicked Wednesdays at a place uh, called, at the time called Utopia in Houston. And it was a swing, that's also how I got into swinging. Uh, and I went there, basically got there early, uh, got introduced to swinger people, and they were like, hey, you want to be friends? Come over here. And I just snapped when I was in swinging. Then uh, when he came, I walked up to him. He had two his two submissives with him. And I was like, hello, my name is, I don't know anything about BDSM. I'm interested and I would like to learn. And he was like, all right, cool. So he had a friend, uh, a, a lady he knew clearly, who has been my friend for a while now came by and he was like, all right. So he showed me how to flog and spanking, yada, yada. And I saw her have a full body like orgasm and she squirted on herself just for being spanked. And Ooh. I was like, from that point on, I was like, I like, I want to do this. Like, and then like just seeing of like, I, the idea of what black people liked or didn't like and having that sort of conversation and idea in a vanilla space and then coming here and be like, wait, what? Like that blew my <laughs> mind. I was right. like, like, this is a thing that can happen. And from that point on, it was like, oh, okay. And that also how I found out I had foot fetish with, was also women in orgasm. So I, there was a lady who was a professor at a place I won't name, but uh, she came by. And once my mentor, he likes throwing me in situations. He was like, hey, go and on, go on, go on suck on her toes. And I was like, what? He walked up to me. He's like, hey, here's, here at the time, it was just Jason. Here's Jason. Jason, here she, do, do, do. Go ahead, look at like he's a he's like very direct. He makes shit happen first. So it was like, yeah, no, it's over the toes. And I was like, all right. And then like I started put her toes in my mouth and her whole body stiffened and she just shook. And I was like, and she had like a, oh. a, another thing about having a full body orgasm. And I was like, oh, so this is at that point it became of a thing of like me just one beautiful black woman having orgasms. I'm here for it. I'm here for and it then, too. <laughs> okay. I'm just and saying. then just like it became a thing. I'm just like 
exploring the human body and finding out, oh, like I, I didn't know. Like, so if I touch you here with this, what happens? If I touch you here with this, what happens? If I touch you here with this, what happens? So now it's just like, I'm excited about exploring the human body and seeing what, what each part does to what. Okay. Mr. Mr. Late Shift. I have a question for all men in here because uh, someone brought that up to me. Um, and so I have this, 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 uh, this, this, I enjoy seeing women orgasm, uh, much like, <laughs> um, I even have a piece where I write about, you know, giving a woman like at least like four different orgasms, like, you know, like in a row. Uh, but <laughs> Here for it. Absolutely. I salute that. But I've been asked, right? Why? Oh, sorry. Hold on. Let me do this. Okay. I've been asked, okay, um, why is it that I enjoy it? And my usual answer is that I enjoy seeing a woman lose control. Mm. I love the loss of control and during the um, the or the, the the climax period. You know what I mean? What is it that's the driving force for y'all when, you know, you see a woman, like, you know, orgasm, or your partner or having an orgasm? So the question to the gentleman is, what is what is the yeah. motivation for them Yeah. behind mm -hmm. making a woman come or making a woman orgasm? Yeah. Canadian say things to you listen Canada's a fabulous place we have free health care and we're not governing, <laughs> governing and policing women's bodies and their uteruses oh, don't, yo. don't act wild around here sir yo, <laughs> yo. we're still cool because we still got HBCUs this is true and you that know what I'm really true. trying to come back to Virginia so let me not talk bad about my peoples because you guys are my peoples I'm really trying to come home to Virginia and kind of work things out. So I, I apologize. I take it back. It was a moment of hostilities. And we're such polite people, Canadians, so that really shouldn't happen. Thank you, pardon, please. I apologize. No, actually, um, there is something that I want to um do up in uh, Toronto. And, uh, oh, no, you want to come have an event? Yes, you know. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Like I said, like you remember. Like, I, I am going to need your help, AJ. Absolutely. We just got to find... I know. I know that there's community here. Because I've been to, you know, a few events and things. So I know for sure that, the, I don't know why Mr. Lechev cocked his head sideways to look at me when well, I said that. A few events here. Well, yes, there are things that happen in this city. So I do know of a fair amount of like-minded people. It's just convincing people to come out and that they might actually be seen by other people. Because um, I got kind of a plan. You know, I was actually thinking, like, you know, we're going to do some, like, your know, big, absurd thing. So part of the way where um, I'm going to help with that is that I was going to try to see if I can meet some of my UK buddies up in your city to help. You know? They live here? No. Tell the, like, because I know, because I talked to my, like, my black UK kingsters, like the black UK swingers and over there in England and such. I was so going to say, you know, England is, like, on the other side of the ocean. It's mm -hmm. not up here. Yeah. Okay. Like, I'm just. You know what I'm saying. Just saying. Are they coming here? Uh, that would be the plan or the idea. Now you're on my screen. Okay. I don't even know. What I'm doing. Uh, so before um, you know, the joke sending. Uh, the question that was put to Mr. Late Shift. No, it was put to Slim. Um, so for both Mr. Late Shift and 
um, Omari the Rebel, and we're getting feedback. From me? Might be. Mute for a minute. Yeah, it's you. <laughs> okay, so for Mr. Late Shift, Omari, I'm going to ask you the question after some. For Mr. Late Shift, same question. Um, being an erotic writer, what was the progression for you in terms of your own sexuality from where you started to where you are now, and how you how did you how you incorporated that into your writing? What was your evolutionary process? Um, my progression. <clears throat> it's uh, it's it's. I, I would say, um, it's kind of different. I mean, I can remember the instances when I started doing things that I would tell myself that I would never do. Um, like the first time I ate pussy, I, I remember that time. Like I said, I would never do it because people said that's not what to, what you're supposed to. But now it's like, yeah, I gotta do it. First time. I asked, I was like, I was never going to do it. But then it's like, hey, yeah, I'm going to do it. You like, know? you just wake up one day and say, you know what? I think I'm going to try eating some pussy today. You know no, what? It, I think I'm going to put my face in somebody's ass. Like, I'm always curious for men. Like, I know for me, the first time I looked pum pum, like, that really was the choice. Like, you know what? Let me see what all this hype is about. Because I know I taste fabulous. Let me see if somebody else's pum pum tastes as fat. You know what I mean? Like, let me find out if there are other unicorns out there. So for me, that was like an actual conscious thought. Like, did you just wake up one day and say, you know what? Let me just try this. Not even. Not even. It's, it, we were in the act. And oh. um, uh, I guess I basically, I was going in and out. And then I got out. And then I saw, I saw a pussy and I said, I got curious. It's really my curiosity that just led me there. And I just said, you know what? Beautiful thing. <laughs> let me go and let me, let, let me, let me, let me, let me try it. Let me try it. And the whole thing with the ass eating, it was, we're in the 69 and <laughs> so you're, you're kind of already there. So I was like, you know what? Uh, let's try it. <laughs> and yeah, this is what it was. So it's uh, it's it's always basically led. It, it's curiosity led that usually. Um, as for my writing, no, not so much. I mean, it depends on the scene that I'm trying to recreate or the story I'm trying to tell. Um, how aroused I am while I'm writing, and who is my muse at the time. I like that. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, and Mr. Omari the Rebel, same question for you. Uh, Mr. Lateshift, I'm going to have to ask you to mute your... Yeah, I think that there's some sort of overlap. So, Omari, you can unmute. Um, so, for you, what was... So, being an adult film star, I'm going to ask you this question directly. When did you wake up and say to yourself, you know what? I want to record myself giving dick professionally. Like, what was the progression for you? Were you all... like? I can even use the word smutty. Were you always smutty from your like a little youth? Because you know that people always say that, oh, you know, when I was 12, yes. I was looking at girls' skirts and stuff like that. Yes. So were you like yes, you was, progress yes. from being a smutty youth to being a smutty man? Yeah. Yes. I was definitely him. I was definitely <laughs> them. So there was like just a natural evolution. Okay, but how did you make the choice to say, I actually want to do adult films? 
I just always wanted to be infatuated. I was always infatuated with everything sex. Like, everything started. Like, when you're a little kid watching real sex on television and all of that, and there's just not enough to just get your dick wet. You just see beautiful bodies and stuff like this. It's like, I want to be surrounded by beautiful bodies doing this, and I don't give a fuck. And that comes with it and such. I remember shot my first scene in 2012 because, like, I always wanted to be, like, doing it but also do it on a different level you know i'm an artist i grew up in an artist family so it's always about cultivating you know what i mean pushing the levels of art and creativity to new limits so i wanted to push you know that um artistic side of you know adult content to you know new limits and such right so if i can bring this up fast forward a little bit further so when i get into the swinger lifestyle community one time i put out a video in a group chat it wasn't that good it wasn't that good to people Niggas talked about that shit from the day that I put it out all the way into the next day. I got like, you know, 15, 16 comments that people was just roasting niggas over that shit, right? So I was living in North Carolina at the time, right? So if you want to know, this is the story to that video that you see on the top of my Twitter right now. Mm-hmm. This is why I came up with that. When I had that last video and the experience of getting roasted like that, I was like, yo, I don't want that experience ever again. So from that moment on, I never did any kind of low quality adult content ever. I never put no porn on a phone ever, right? So the next moment, there was a specific director that I knew that was like, I I want the next director because one thing about me, I love a comeback. You know what I'm saying? So I had to do like, yo, I'm, you know me, I'm really into the over the top theatrics and shit. So I, it wasn't enough to me to just correct this. You know what I'm saying? I had to correct this on some real over the top way. So they could so never I chat bad about you again. This, I went so far the opposite direction to what the hell they first saw. Right. So I got this dude. He does right now, the person who shot that, he does commercials and stuff like that for businesses in North Carolina. You know what I'm saying? So I went so far. I got a license. I got licensed music in there and shit. Still, it's in there and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? We're in the place and the um, spot in the college um, spot where it's all beautiful. And I'm sitting in front of the fireplace and shit like that. And I'm like, yo, we're going to have to do a, a clothing switch. And I need to make sure that you get the audio right and shit. We shot it cinematically and shit. We had to use the rule of third and shit like that. So when everybody shot this, it's in 4K HD. You can see this, of course, if you subscribe and shit like this. When I dropped that shit out of nowhere, it was just casual conversation. And I dropped that shit out of nowhere. It was so, everybody was like, whoa. Like the the gap is like, whoa, this is like, this is, it doesn't even compare. Like it was like a movie. It was like, whoa, whoa, to this day, that was years ago. That's actually three years old. <laughs> to this day, people are still talking about how, like, that doesn't compare because it's it's clearly not no camera phone shit. You can see, right. you know what I'm saying, the time and shit that I spent into it. And I like the reception that I got to that. So from here on, that's what is part of my thing that I'm known for is that I don't cut corners of shit. I'll do it and I'll spend a little bit more money, spend a little bit more time on my production and shit, which is why I'm going to talk to Mr. Late Ship about some shit. Okay. We like it. We like it. We like it. Um, controversial question for each of you. Um, Mr. Sir Sugar, Sir Sugar, Mr. Slim, uh, I'm going to put it to you first, but it's for everyone. Is a man's sexual choice based on circumstance, situation, conditioning, or inherent nature? Example, cis 
hetero men who are incarcerated for lengths of time will at some point engage sexually with another man. They will say that they are inherently not gay and they don't like men, but because they're locked up and they needed something, they would turn to a man either to get their dick sucked or whatever it is. So again, is a man's sexual choice based on circumstance, situation, conditioning, or inherent nature? Is that person inherently bisexual, pansexual, or homosexual, but unwilling to accept that and still insist that it's just because he's in jail? Or is that inherently part of his nature? Is the question clear? Oh, uh, yeah, it's clear. And I okay. personally, I, <laughs> I don't know humans well enough on a deep enough scale to answer that for a majority of anybody. Okay. I think Just I from your personal it. opinion. Uh, I think it's probably, it may be a, depending on from person to person, I think it's a combination of all of them, actually. Okay. Uh, where one at one time may outweigh the others based on the situation. But I think it's probably a combination of all of them. Mr. Lateshift, your thoughts? Is a man's sexual choices based on circumstance, situation, conditioning, or inherent nature? And so when I ask conditioning, and Mr. Uh, uh, Sir Sugar, you might want to additionally add to it. When I say conditioning, it's like, even if you feel that your nature is one thing, because it was beat into you day after day after day that you are this thing, you ignore what you inherently are and everything that you choose is based on that conditioning. I know that you said that you feel like it's a combination of both, but in that context, do you feel differently about it? We'll come back to that. But Mr. Lateshift, your thoughts on that? Um, for me, I think um, just having the willingness to, uh, to to even just explore in, in the first place. Now, I understand the whole, the, the the idea was looking at uh, men in prison and uh, them having to, you know, satisfy me because... Uh, that's what was going on. They are in jail, uh, and they really didn't have anything uh, or anyone uh, other than uh, than than the person that was available to them. Um, but I do believe also it's just a, a willingness to explore and recognizing uh, what it is that you enjoy, what you don't enjoy. For example, uh, Sir Sugar enjoys he, he he has a foot fetish, right? I personally. I have no interest towards like anything feet related, foot, foot related. Uh, I don't even want to give foot massages. Uh, <laughs> 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 I don't. I don't. I, I, I like actually. <laughs> I was on a date the other day, and she was like, she she was asking me, "Oh, do you like giving foot?" I was like, "No, I don't. I really don't." And she said, "Oh, you're gonna love doing that to my feet." I'm like, "I doubt it. But sure. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt it, but sure. Let's let, let's let's try it one day." <laughs> but no, no, it's uh, it's um having the willingness to actually explore and uh, the willingness to actually also know what it is that you uh, are willing to engage in and what you are not willing to engage in also at that time is uh, is what it is, I think. Mr. Omari the Rebel, your thoughts on men's sexual choices? Is it based on circumstance, situation, conditioning, or inherent nature? Just your personal thoughts. Yeah, man, I, don't, I know this is a complex question, man. It's a complex way to 
it's, you know, because sexuality isn't like, you know, just, you know, like many, you don't spectrum, just a gender spectrum. But listen, I really think that at the core, you know, when we made that analogy, what really has to come into it is, I feel like, um, like there is a combination of things, just like the brother said. But I really lean into when you compare I'm in prison and I need some type of sexual gratification and what's available to me. So let's say I'm out in the free world, you know what I'm saying? And even though there is judgment, you know what I'm saying? It's like, now I'm having an active choice. I can go with men or women and stuff like that. There's things available to me and such like that. I, I put that in a different context, you know what I'm saying? Because it's like, yo, all right, so now when I'm out here in the free world, I, you know what I'm saying? When I have the, like that, you know what I mean? is about choices and um, basically, you know what I mean? A sexual orientation, like, I mean, I do feel like there's people who could make the argument that like, you can be like, yo, I need you to get my dick sucked. You know what I'm saying? But um, there are people who know, yo, I like men. You know what I'm saying? That's just what it is. I don't need to be in a situation for that. This is just how I feel. You know what I'm saying? I think, you know what I'm saying? Um, Largely, I feel like, yo, when I think about like your sexual orientation and stuff like that, I I largely think about it like in that context or like, or I like both or I like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, that's just how I feel. You know what I mean? For when their urges are motivated from them having some level of, um, this is instinctual to what I want or what they're being driven to. You know what I'm saying? Versus, oh, I had to do what I had to do. You know what I mean? Right. So let me ask you, at at your age and at your level of sexual experience, do you prefer that whom you engaged with is on the same level as you sexually or close to it? Or does that matter because you're willing to teach the person as long as there's interest? That's a question for all of you. So where you are in your sexual experience and your sexual repertoire with what your sexual needs are, would you prefer to engage with someone who is at your level or close to your level? Or does that matter? Because if you like the person enough, you're willing to teach them about what it is that you need and to bring them into the fold. I, I, I'm sorry, I'm going to speak. Yeah, no, you're good. Go ahead. Because... 2021 has been a trash year for me in terms of sexual man 2021 20 20 and 2021 don't exist we went from 2019 to 2022 cut those years out (laughs) actually i will say 2020 was blessed okay 21 was trash i will say 2021 was trash well the second half of it mostly but um with regards to it uh i i'm not willing to teach I, i'm not i don't have the uh, no i i want to be with someone who's at a certain level not necessarily at my level but but who's also willing to explore <laughs> yeah who's willing to explore but I don't want to have to teach. I engage with someone who uh, uh, basically didn't know how to give head. And I had teeth on my, on my dick. And I, I, I never... Slim is like, yes. <laughs> I, I never tapped out, like, you know, for, for, for an experience to end. 
as, as much as quickly as I did then. And I, I mean, she's she's great. She's a great person and everything. But it was not working for me. This is not. This was not for me. Mm. Okay, Slim Sir Sugar, what are your thoughts on that? At this point, where you are sexually for what your needs are for the way in which you explore would you prefer that your partner be someone who is close to your level of experience or does that matter to you as long as there's a willingness you'll teach them what they need to know i think uh without bdm pure sexually i would like you to be close or where i'm at already if we're including kink i'm willing to teach oh so you know let me let me ask the one two questions what type of kink do you teach Oh, uh, basically, impact play, breath play, uh, water sports, wax, uh, the, the basic 101, uh, safe words, uh, uh, I do electric play, so I teach that, uh, boys, what oh, does what breath play involve? I, I, and basically constricting of the breath in one way or the other. So whether you do it with a hand or whether you do it with a pillowcase or whether you do waterboarding, or uh, any way I can trick, find a way to constrict your air, doing it properly so that I don't do any type of uh, damage. You can see the wheels them. turning. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> the wheels are turning. He's like, oh, really? Do any, type of, do any type of damage to your throat in any way that could be irreversible. Hurt you in any way. Make sure it's safe, sane, and consensual. But yeah, kink-wise, I'm willing to teach. Uh, just without King, just plain old sex. At this point in my life, I'm not really fucking with no virgin. So you got, I like a slut because I'm a slut. So we got to be somewhere close. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Mr. Amari. Yeah, man. Like, listen, like, like I said, I end up sharing a lot of information and resources and stuff like this. And like, you know, we all could like, learn things from each other but it's just what what i do sometimes and what my needs are you know like the whole sometimes having the responsibility i have to you know teach people so much it take you out a little bit you know what i mean like um i be talking about this all the time like you know i because i'm so visible like there's a lot of people who don't know that much about like the swinging lifestyle who hit me up and they have questions and stuff like this. And then, and then there's like adult content questions, you know what I'm saying? And you know what I mean? But that, and I know the type of sexual needs that I'm going to have for my partner and stuff. So that's going to lend for them to try to mostly be somewhere close to where the realm that I am. You know what I'm saying? because it's like I want to have group sex and stuff like that so having like yeah, what is this and what is that it's like I don't necessarily want so much to be in that situation because that may put you in a situation where it's like well I don't know if I'm really on your level or we're really compatible you know what I'm saying so um you might push someone to do something they're not ready for because they're trying to keep up with the Joneses so to speak yeah you know what I mean you know what I'm saying? So it's like, it could be a, more of a situation where like we're maybe learning so much more about each other and there may be specific kinks and areas and things like this that it's one that we may specialize more. I'm, I'm with that, but you know what I mean? Like bringing people along, you know, it's just, mm, I have some mm-hmm. sessions where I do that, but it's just, uh, it is, it, it'd be a lot 
You know what I'm saying? For somebody who be like, like he was talking about like somebody who don't know how to suck dick. I'll be like, oh shit, at that level right now? Like, <laughs> listen, I'm, I'm working on the advanced techniques of creating high quality porn performance sex to go all the way back to like, oh man, like. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. That's true. Exactly. I'm trying to do fire play, and now I got to teach you how to suck dick. Lord. Right. <laughs> oh, but you know what? The the, the worst in, the, in it all, right? Me me sharing what it is that I enjoy. I'm like, I you know, what I mean, like, put some spit on that. And she was like, no, like it's like no, yeah, because so you know fun. what? That's not something that she she does. You know what I mean? That's not something she does. So it's, she was like, no. So now at this point, where are we? I cannot. <laughs> I, I've, had, I've had that experience. But a woman thinks she knows. I like, she's like, my dick. I'm like, hey, can you try this? But she's like, no, I know what I'm doing. I'm like, you don't know what you're doing. To, like, you may know what you're doing to somebody else's dick, but you don't know what you're doing to my dick. And that's the problem. And that's, that's a discussion that needs to be had repeatedly. You know, yes, it's a penis. It's the anatomy. But not all penises are the same. Some like, you know, and not every man likes their dick suck the same way. Yes, you got the basics, but for the love of Pete, learn that person. Some like the head, some like the shaft, some like the balls, some like the base, some like a combination, some like more spit, some like less fit. It's, it, it, yes, it's a penis and that's the base of it, but for the love of God, there's more to it than that. Learn the person that's attached to the dick, learn that's, what they like. Like, that's true. And please learn some of the names of the phrases of the dick. I've had to learn about the vulva, the labia, the clit, and all that. Labia menorah, labia major. I have to learn about. If I ask you to lick my perineum and you're confused, well, then sugarfoot. <laughs> give them simpler words, like the taste and the goose. I've had to do my work. Give them simpler I, I mean, words. You go do your work. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness, me. Yeah. Yes, the scrotum. Describe him, the balls. Lincoln suck the balls. <laughs> okay, so before we go, I have one last question for the panel. Um, because this is something that I've been asked and something that I would like to know as well. Because I think in some instances that women prefer foreplay more than men. And I could be wrong. And if I am wrong, please prove me wrong. But what are men's thoughts? What are your personal thoughts really and truly about foreplay? Is it just a formality to get to the good stuff? Or is it something that you really enjoy and should be part of the whole experience? Is there always time for foreplay? As I've gotten older, I need foreplay. As I've gotten older and as I've been around, like, once I, I, maybe it's just me, maybe I've become a bit desensitized. Like, once you see a certain amount of titties and pussy and ass and that doesn't really just shoot me to the moon anymore. I'm like, okay, right. titties, I've seen those before. I have women walking around me at, at events, butt naked. That's great. I know how to like, that's fine. So now I need, I actually need like foreplay. I need, I love like energy. And I'm yes. a, uh, that primal sensual energy. That's my shit. I love kissing. I love like soft caresses. And I wanted to learn that about my partner as well. So like, what do you like? What can I do for you to get you there to turn you on? But also, I I also sometimes I need that. Like some days it's like all right, fuck, we can go. But there are times just like, um, yeah, I need to be pressed, is slow, but yeah. Okay, Mr. Late Shift, your thoughts on that? Is foreplay just a formality, or is it something that's a requirement for you? Uh, 
I, foreplay is a necessity. Okay. It's uh, I, I, I even call it like you know it's it's got to be part of the playbook. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Like it, it, you got to basically get to the foreplay before we get to anything. Um, I like what Mister uh, what Sir Sugar said in terms of um, uh, energy because now I I don't call it sex anymore. I call it like you know energy exchange mm-hmm. because you know that's this this is basically because even it like I don't care if you if you're hot I don't care if you you know if you have like you know the titties and ass whatever it's just if I don't if I can't take your energy I don't want to get with you you know what I mean your energy <laughs> is important so now it's like yeah energy exchange where both our energies basically mesh and we are engaging we are taking ourselves through that particular experience and we are looking out for each other's pleasure and that's through communication through and through uh, through these actions as well you want me to go down on you all right i'm gonna go down on you i need you to basically move a certain way so i can actually get in it Yes, please. Let's do it. Let's do it like that. You know what I mean? It's just the it, it, it's it's yeah. It's no longer like it was five years ago. It's now yeah. It's a necessity, not even a requirement. It's a necessity. Yeah, exactly. Like it's like breathing. <laughs> Omari, what are your thoughts on that? Is foreplay just a formality, or is it a requirement for you? Well, like, I'm a pretty lust-filled motherfucker, so I could get <laughs> going pretty easy. But, um, nah, I really am, but, um, like, I, I do like foreplay a lot. Like I said, like, I'm, I, I do agree with this whole thing where it's just not like a pair of titties. Well, actually, uh, sometimes, some pairs of titties would be <laughs> to get me going. Like, maybe yours, I would be like, oh, shit. Really? How do they know that's where you're going with that? Really? Nah, really? I don't know. Because you're like I don't know, like the full thing. Me, this is not about me. Nah, but um, as far as like foreplay is concerned, it's just um, this is something that adds much more to experience more um all the time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. As far as a formality, it's not like a, you're looking at something that you're doing for the person. Nah, I'm gonna enjoy this because there's things that I want to. You know what I'm saying? So like. Uh, like I said, I mean, the foreplay, I do like elongating the experience mm. because who I'm having sex with, like one thing that um, I do, whether it's from the foreplay all the way to the end of the climax is that I want the woman to know that like I am all the way here. Yes. Like there's absolutely nothing like like when we're doing when we're in a sexual act once we get to, once we cross that consent threshold it's like yo like i'm in Your a person. bubble like and there's like there's like no phone there's no nothing i don't see anything other than your sexy ass body and all of the ways i want to consume and devour it like you know what i mean like so i want to make sure that from step to step you want to i want because that's what I'm trying to tell you. So you, you need to know that from the beginning. So foreplay, yeah, I'll get you there. Because sometimes it's not that simple for me to let you know that. It's just been like, bing, just pill it out. Like, you know what I mean? Right. Levels. Just work up to it a little bit. <laughs> yeah. 
And on that happy note, gentlemen, thank you so much for a very rousing, entertaining, and sexy discussion. I appreciate all of you. Um, Omari, since you were the last one on, uh, last one to speak, I'm going to ask you to do your outro. Just let everyone know again who you are, where they can find you, and where they can get in contact with you. Yes, so this is Omari the Rebel. Of course, the co-host of Tribe Chat, you can check me out. On YouTube, just put in NK Swingers or Tribe Chat. Um, available on Twitter and Instagram at Omar the Rebel. And of course, you can check out my company profile at NK Swingers on Instagram and Kabila and Zuri on Twitter. Perfect. Thank you. And Sir Sugar, thank you very much for participating in this discussion. If you can let everyone know again who you are, where they can find you, and where they can get in contact with you. Uh, once again, hello everyone. Uh, I am Sir Sugar, the Sir Sugar. Uh, I'm a service top in BDSM. I, I do travel and do paid sessions for BDSM. I also do uh, classes. I teach demos and whatnot. Uh, you can find me on uh, Instagram at the underscore Sir Sugar. That's T H E E underscore S I R S U G H. And if you do want to find me on Twitter, because I have to go look at my own information for that, it's uh, a, <laughs> it's a, uh, I'm on there. I just never look at my own profile. It's yeah, a, like that. It's <laughs> sexual, S-E-X-U-A-L underscore switch, S-W-I-T-C-H. Perfect. And last but certainly not least, Mr. Late Shift, thank you so much for having this discussion with us. You can let everyone know where they can find you and how they can get in contact with you. I'm in Toronto. No, but Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> that's the end of the statement. <laughs> Ask about me. They'll know. <laughs> you know, now, um, so uh, you can find me on IG uh, at uh, mr.lateshift, L-A-T-E-S-H-I-F-T. Um, content creator, uh, writer. I'm also a photographer. I didn't mention that earlier, but yes, I also do uh, boudoir photography. I am also a I'm, I gotta, you know, normalize saying this. I am an award winning filmmaker. That's what I need to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My friend, I didn't mention that none at all. No, I did not mention that. I mean, just dropping that now as we're coming off air. I'm just saying, you gotta let, you gotta let it know at one point in time, right? But yeah. Exactly. See, Omari, that connection is right there. We all, we have a group chat. Make use of it. Talk to each other. Just saying, yeah. No, I'm, I'm definitely down to do work. I'm also uh, about to drop, uh, hopefully by 2023, um, the Late Shift uh, podcast, uh, scripted podcast, uh, Erotica. Um, Going to start recording soon time, so be on the lookout for the Late Shift. First story, first series to come out will be The Crowd. Love it. Love it. Uh, and of course, everyone's information will be posted in the link in the bio so that everyone is just a click away to get to their pages. Please follow these three dope men, support their platforms, like, subscribe, share to everything that they do. Possibly bless up yourselves. This has been the Pum Pum Chronicles podcast. You know, I, I feel like I know, and there was other questions, but like, I don't want to like talk out people's ear, but we definitely need to figure out a way to do some more of this because I think that these conversations are very necessary and yeah. very healthy conversations to have, especially with the three different perspectives and the fact that all three of you live in different um, places and different spaces. I feel like there aren't enough space, safe, spa safe spaces for men 
to have conversations about sex and sexuality, regardless of what their orientation is and regardless of what their sexual choices are. So, um, you know, if there's any way that I can facilitate for those conversations to take place and for more men to become actively involved, for things to become destigmatized and for people to just become more comfortable with their sexuality on a whole, I am here for all of that and in support of all of that. Pum Pum Pasi, make sure that you are taking care of yourselves. Check on your loved ones. Check on your strong friends. Don't just watch people's Instagram. Actually call somebody see how they're doing stop watching stories and think to find out what's going on in people's lives actually check in with people and see how people are doing continue to practice your self-love continue to practice your self-care self-care a little bit of masturbation and you know all them good things help the body keep going and keep flowing and all these good things but uh until then in between time and in the meantime y'all stay safe and we'll talk to you soon Sugar